Hey everyone and welcome to the episode 15 of the e-learning guys. My name is Nate Jorga Dulmin and I'm joined by Mr. David Charney. Hello Nate, hello everyone. Hello sir, how have you been? Ah, uh, never better. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I was on a little vacation and uh, now I'm, I'm back e-learning again. Very nice. And how are you? Quite alright, busy times, new project. Uh, interesting new stuff so yeah qu- quite okay thank you good our topic today is 10 ways to create a shorter course or shorter courses but uh, before we start with that let's jump to x days in review and dave you have been working on something interesting yeah i've been working on a uh, kind of a navigational system that is more or less built in the master slide so that I've, I could have 15 slides and uh, every single slide uses the same uh, navigation. It's kind of a side navigation. So as you keep clicking continue, uh, you can see for any slide you're on, you can have a number of, let's call it sub topics that you can go mm-hmm. through. And when you get to the next, when you get to the end of that, it'll automatically go to the next screen and you'll have all those subtopics again for that slide um, mm-hmm. and it's just a real nice system it's really rough right now because I'm just kind of building the framework but uh, it works really well it's very easy to uh, just keep adding to the functionality that I want but I only have to work on it in the base it's a lot more like how you'd program something mm-hmm. you know using you know I don't know like JavaScript or um, people that We're doing e-learning with Flash a lot. You know, it's that sort of thing so that you can, you know, very quickly, if there's a problem, you go and fix it in one spot and it fixes everything everywhere else. For instance, um, I had mentioned to you that uh, Storyline seems to have a problem with uh, the visited state. Yep. I can only get the visited state to work when I actually click on the button. If I tell it to go to the visited state using a trigger, it never reacts the same way. So you can't kind of use the built-in functionality and and just call it with a trigger. Um, so for me to fix that, I just was able to do that in the master slide and um, I didn't have to go back to the, you know, like the four or five different yeah. slides I had. It just all worked uh, very quickly. So it's just a really nice way to do that. And I, I came out with a video as well and uh, posted that. So that's out there. Uh, maybe we can throw it in the show notes or something, but uh, yes. Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's a lot people can potentially do with that. Um, I don't want to act like m- my navigation is the navigation, but it's more about the idea of, again, using the master slide to do a lot more uh, with reusable um, tools. Yeah. Yeah, master slides are, are great. I mean, once you really dive in, you can really see many benefits. And I, I think, too, of course, you mentioned the one that it, there's one place where you fix things and uh, that's like the main thing you could say about the master slide but two subtopics I think are you can uh, approach the you can change the technicalities you know of the thing one time and also you can change the design one time and Mm -hmm. this all saves time instead of going through 20 slides just working on one you know and 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 like you said you had the problem with the visited states and you had to fix that just once once you once you got it all all, it was applied to all the other slides which is 
that that's fantastic. That that's the way it should work. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, certainly coming from a, a more programmatic um, approach to development. Yeah. Being feeling like I can do some of those things again in Storyline. Uh, the, the fact that Storyline can do some of that stuff um, is, is wonderful. I'm really interested in. I've got a number of ideas I want to try out to kind of keep pushing that. So we'll yeah. see what happens. And uh, on the visited states problem, we were discussing that, I don't know, one week ago. Uh, and you can you just share then what was your solution? Because I remember suggesting just try a custom state and I think that should work. So was that the trick? So I didn't actually do that. I just used the visited state. Mm-hmm. But the way I uh, approached it was that when I leave a button, I kind of use a variable to keep track of which button I'm currently on. So before I leave that button and change the variable to say, oh, it's now this new button, yeah. I, set, I, I, tell, I use a trigger to say, okay, set that button to visited when I leave. That way, the second, right before it goes to the new button, and it's a little bit complicated, but, you know, again, what's nice is it's all in one spot, so I can spend my time in that one spot getting this to work. Um, but when you leave the, the button that's enabled, it sets it to visited and, um, and automatically puts that check mark there. And then whether you click on any of those buttons or use the continue button to automatically move your way through, it will use the visited state at that point. Oh, so... If I understand correctly, you're using the click from the continue button to change the state. Am I right? I get so because I because when you explained it now, it sounds like didn't you do that? Didn't you do that before? I mean, you're just clicking and changing the state to visit it. So I'm not really sure I understand the difference. Yeah, so I I don't do too much more than what I originally was going to do. Originally, I was just going to use the way it works, right? So the way it works is you click the button, and when you click off the button, if it's a button set, it will automatically show the visited state. Yeah, correct. But when I use the trigger, it doesn't do that. So when I, when you and I, I actually, you know, I we were talking, and I basically wanted to confirm I hadn't gone insane and that I wasn't doing something wrong. Um, but when I when I realized that it doesn't seem to work that way when you call it through a trigger, all I had to do was just tell it when you leave one button to use that state. I just didn't want to use that trigger if I didn't have to, if there was some other thing I was mm-hmm. doing. Oh, yeah. I th- yeah, so I think the, your first approach was just using the selected state, which should, which should then automatically switch to visit it, right? Uh, but now you're telling it to switch to visit it. So I think that exactly right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, not a course. complex fix. It's not a complex fix at all. It's just I I didn't want to have to. I didn't expect that not to work. If yeah, I yeah. Yeah. Tell a button I, it's selected. I would want it to automatically work the way it would work if I were to yeah. click it. I agree. I agree. And this was in Storyline too, right? Because you because of well, just some legacy stuff we still need to work on, right? It is. I didn't test it in 360, but um, yeah, the 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 development needs to be in two because of mm-hmm. a number of parameters. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm interested to see if that works in 360 because that's the way you would expect it to work. And it's just one of those times when you need to find that workaround. Yep. Well, we'll have some follow-up for the next uh, show. Yeah, we should. We should. All right. Now to the main topic. 10 ways to create shorter courses. Uh, this, this was a topic you suggested that um, many times people ask you this, that, that, that this came up many times, uh, you told me. So uh, we figured let's, let's make a show out of it. I'll let you take the stage with this uh, great quote you wrote here, sir. Yeah, well, I, I've, I've seen this quote a number of times uh, by Albert Einstein. <laughs> well, you know, it's the internet, so it could be by anyone. But, um, <laughs> you know, he said, make everything as simple as possible, but not simpler, yeah. uh, which is a, a great quote. You know, make it as simple as you can, but if you make it simpler than that, it's not going to be able to work the way you expect it to work. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a, a good quote for this, uh, this topic. And yeah, I, we certainly have a lot of current clients and, and people that we're talking to who, that's a, that's a big thing. They either have a course and they want to shorten it or their previous courses, they've had a lot of feedback where people are saying, you know, ah, these courses are too long. So we wanted mm-hmm. to take a a look at a number of different approaches that one could take to uh, shorten a course. Yeah, and you know, I was just thinking that if we, if learner says the course is too long, that just sort of says that there's you know a bunch of unnecessary stuff there. Because if if it was all good quality information, then I don't think anyone would say that, even if it is long. But you then you cannot say it's too long. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And some of the things we'll be talking about, hopefully you know, w- would be a solution to that. I mean, because they're either, yeah, they're either too long because you got too much information or it could be the structure or, you know, th- there's a number of reasons there. The faster that understanding and experience can be initially built, you know, adequately, and adequately is a really important word there um, as it relates back to the quote, um, we think the better. You know, the learners that are taking these courses have, you know, a certain amount of time, attention span, focus on that with all these other things going on. Even their interest is, it's really important to, to consider their interest. So, um, you know, it's, it's just one of many reasons to uh, have a, a shorter course. Also, um, a shorter course is really good for, uh, you know, us too, you know, um, and, and our clients because we can build them quicker. We can... Uh, you know, spend less money, perhaps. Um, so, you know, there's just, there's so many reasons that, uh, that we have to build a shorter course. Yeah. And also I think we sort of both know that this is better approach to creating a course, which means uh, that the students will be happier, which means that the client will be happier, which means, you know, there's more business. Which means we will be happier and everyone will be happier. Yeah, it's it's going to be one crazy happy family. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these people are taking courses. It's almost like a, a second job for them, you know? They've got a busy day. Ultimately, these courses are, are there to help them with their real job. You know, they're not taking the course just to take the course. So yeah. the quicker we can get them back to that actual job and, and hopefully um, uh, it, it allows them to... Uh, do that job better, or know more information, or whatever it might be, 
uh, you know, that, that's what we ultimately want to do. Yep. Okay, so let's dive right in to our list of the 10 items. And uh, let me start with the first one, which is some, I can say the most basic one, which many of, you know, experienced designers know already. It's break the course down to, you know, smaller chunks or, you know, bite-sized pieces. Yeah, that that's that's the right word here. Uh, and, you know, this could be breaking the course into smaller chapters or breaking the chapter, chapters into lessons. Uh, and for me, that's usually my terminology. So the lesson is like one storyline file, which means this is the, the smallest unit that the LMS will track. Uh, and, you know, breaking them up, I... I I usually aim for, I think, maximum of 20 minutes, let's say, per lesson. Uh, and then, of course, you you break that into then all the slides that you have available there in the course. And breaking the course also, you know, helps the student. It, it helps them with feeling of achievement because, you know, it's easy to do nice smaller chunks than to tackle one big thing you know that's also why game levels exist you know <laughs> that's true yeah because you know imagine one game long 10 hours or a game that's split into you know half and maybe half an hour long uh, levels it's a totally different thing to to work on you know you get the sense of achievement the same with the course yeah i mean that that's certainly a, a common thing yeah we're kind of the same way it's like 20 minutes is starting to get up there. Sometimes we'll have a course that, certainly a longer course, but we try to break up the chapters, if you will, um, mm -hmm. yeah. so that people feel like, you know, any any given topic is is as short as it can be. And oftentimes when we kind of make these bite-size or chunk-down courses, um, they, uh, I don't know, we, we tend to even write them a little bit smaller too, you know, because we don't feel we have to write for everything. We're writing for a very specific thing. So I think that's kind of a, uh, a bonus. Mm -hmm. So number two on our list is focusing on the problem. Uh, this is kind of a big one for us. We, we run into a situation often where, let's say as an example, there might be five steps of a, of a process and a lot of times people will try to be consistent in how they present those steps and walk someone through those steps. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's important to look at that and say, where is the actual problem? And the, the problem, you know, whether it might be, you know, it's, an, it's causing, uh, you know, just trouble, people understanding like step two, for instance, people, that might be the biggest, most confusing step. People don't get it. It's causing injury or extra costs or rework or whatever it is. And the other steps should be known, but they're pretty straightforward. So in a case like that, we can, we can very much limit the, the amount of time we have to spend on every single step except for step two. Put your time into step two, you'll have a shorter course and probably a, a, you know, a better course because you're focused on, on that one problem and people will retain that, that, that issue better. Um, I'll also say to that, Another thing that we often do to focus on the problem is if if there are, uh, I think a lot of times people consider there to be more problems than there are. Uh, if let's say there's some exceptions to that process, um, 
and maybe there's three exceptions. So in this case or this case or this case, do these other alter- alternative steps. But it might be one of those steps is really important and happens 99% of the time, and the other two mm-hmm. steps happen 1% of the time. Well, it's that might be a great situation to say, to, to call out that one step that takes 99% of the time and then have a little thing that says, if this happens or this happens, go ask your manager, you know, keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's it. You know, you focused on the problems and all the other information you can uh, get rid of and you'll have a much uh, more streamlined course. Yeah, this is a, this is a good, uh, really nice tip. And uh, maybe, I, you know, if I'm trying to imagine what a course for this would be, it's probably, you know, maybe using some sort of machine, for example, and there, you know, there's just one part that everyone has trouble with. So focus on that one, leave the other one smaller and, you know, explain that in more detail. So, yeah, this is a, yeah, exactly. this is a nice approach. Yeah. Let's jump to number three. Number three. This, this is a big one. Rewriting copy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, uh, that certainly can help out. It's easier, easier said than done, right? It's easier said than done. And, and I'll say, too, there are a lot of great websites out there to help with this. Uh, some of them you can type like, some of them are for e-learning. Some of them are just general writing skills and different approaches to writing. Um, but, you know, the way you, you write things uh, can certainly, you know, knock a lot of uh, extra words off of, uh, off of a script uh, also, yeah, I don't know. I, we, we look at it like, you know, Twitter, it's like, how can you, how can you write <laughs> yeah. a, uh, a complex thing in a, a much smaller space? Um, and, and to, uh, to think of it that way, you know, that's, that's one thing. And another is to, um, just get rid of a lot of the extra stuff that, that you might see that's just r- written extra like me, I'm just I'm just saying extra words for no reason right now. <laughs> you know, a a punchy little um, message or saying that can be reused throughout the uh, length of the course. You know, if there's one like or there's a couple key items in a uh, in a course, um, maybe you can come up with kind of a clever little message for that. And instead of having all this text, you can just keep calling back to that little punchy message and um, it'll be better retained and you won't have as much information. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, I think there's a saying that if you really know a subject well, you should be able to explain it in in simple terms. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm just thinking that, you know, working, I guess you can do something as instructional designer, but I think working closely with the subject expert that's where, you know, you could really get some, you know, fine details just right. So, but, so the subject expert should know, <laughs> should be the expert in that subject. So he can really help you in, in, this, in, the, in this regard. Yeah. Like, we'll think about marketing, you know. It's like people spend so much money in marketing to every single word, every single letter counts. Yeah. And, yeah. uh not that it has to be the shortest of words, but the the word, you know, what it means and 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 all that is so important in marketing. So, you know, if you look at websites that are marketing based and see how they use uh, 
how, how they write their scripts. I think that's uh, important to do occasionally to get an idea of uh, different approaches. <laughs> and yet you can still pass a billboard and think, what the hell was that? You know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Well, it's funny, you know, marketing, I mean, it's, it's certainly a level of e-learning. You know, they're trying to educate people yep. in, in a very unique way. So what can we, what can we pull from there? What can we steal from marketing? What can we steal from marketing? <laughs> but they've got the budgets to do that. So, so whatever we steal is going to be valuable. <laughs> That's true. And number four is closely related to what we were just talking about. And it's a stoplight trick, uh, which you wrote. Um, so I'll let you take this one. Yeah, if you have a script already, what you can do is you can go through it and uh, sometimes you have to work with a subject matter expert on this. It depends on how much you know, how comfortable you are with the material. But, you know, go through and mark everything green that is absolutely the most important thing, the, the thing that is absolutely necessary for someone to understand what we're talking about. And then you can go through and mark anything yellow that is kind of on the line. You know, it's like, boy, it'd, it'd be pretty valuable, but it's it's not crucial. But it's not a must, yeah. It's not a must. And then, uh, you know, mark red for anything that seems extra. And um, once you have those kind of color codes, and you can go back and kind of massage it a bit, but then you can really start to determine what you want to do with what you can now see, is it, 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 which is, you know, what's most important, what might be important. And, and you might even be able to, you might be able to just throw all the red stuff out the window. Mm-hmm. Um the yellow stuff, you might want to kind of get rid of half of it and the rest kind of work it into the important stuff if if you think it's valuable. So, but at least to be able to see what you have, uh, then you can, you can make decisions pretty quickly. Yeah. And I'm thinking that, uh, although I'm, I'm very focused on, on digital content, uh, and just personally, I use a lot of, you know, digital paper, um, mm-hmm. I think maybe in this case it would be smart, you know, just to write the, the maybe the chapters or sections on the post-it notes, you know, put it on the board. You can have a nice overview of, you know, greens and yeah, 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 um, orange and red. You can decide then maybe in in a nice broad view if if that's what you want and if that's the you know the solution to the cutting down the content. Yep, absolutely. Number five. Only choose the most important content. This is uh, something I, I was thinking a lot because I was talking to a school and they were interested maybe to move some of the, you know, textbooks to e-learning. And, you know, that's a big thing to do because textbooks are thick. There's a lot of content in there. So they were sort of asking me, what can we do? Because we can't transform everything into e-learning. So I was thinking a lot about that, and I think this is uh, one of the solutions. You know, you just pick out the most important parts, or let's say the parts that uh, are the most difficult for students. You know, you could you you take that content out. You can present it in a better way than just text. You know, you can you can use whatever multimedia we have available. You know, just choose the the right approach for that content, 
And then, you know, you can focus just on the big problems and leave the textbooks, the usual textbooks as it is, and user can, can come to the course and just go through the difficult stuff and maybe have some practice and so on. And it can really help, you know, in that, in all the difficult subjects and, and you know, all, all the little details that are troubling to students. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it sounds simple enough, but it's, it's not, you know. Um, we're, we're actually working on a project right now, and the idea is, you know, you've got a contract and you need to kind of go through that contract and recognize where there might be some red flags, things you might want to call out. And contracts can be pretty big, you know, like 30 pages, 40 pages. And, um, and, and so it, it's do we have the entire contract in there? And because that's the most realistic, and you go through the contract and go all the way through it and try to find these red flags, it, is that the best solution? Or is what's the goal of the project? And the goal is to really kind of build habits of recognizing where these red flags are. So maybe we can bring it way down, get rid of like 90% of it and, uh, you know, make sure you're meeting those objectives without having all this extra information. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Next one. Number six. Number six. Uh, animate it. Done. Um, <laughs> Boom. So this, so <laughs> animating <seven>. it can... <laughs> <laughs> number seven so um so animate it you know it's it it certainly it's uh, easy to write that but uh, there's so many different ways to animate something um to present information in, in a way that is uh kind of engaging like that but uh we do this quite often you know you you could go from like a 15 page you know next 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 course mm -hmm. to like a four minute animation yeah. Um, you know, when you're kind of scripting an animation, you, you tend to do it a little bit different than you would a course. And maybe, you know, maybe we don't need to do that, but that tends to be how it works out. Uh, but when you, when you write a script for something like a whiteboard animation or, you know, whatever this sort of animation is, um, it, it can really decrease the amount of, uh, of uh, information in your course. So one thing that's nice that we always like to think about in I, I, at work is that um, animations are also somewhat hands-off, you know? Um, just let them play and do their thing, and someone doesn't have to be sitting there trying to read or getting ready to click next. They get there to the point, they can get the job done, and then uh, you could always add a, a real short knowledge check afterwards to kind of confirm that someone paid attention and, and comprehended and able to make decisions off of whatever it the animation is but um but yeah if if you can find a way to kind of animate through the story very quickly it's certainly a a really engaging way that could possibly add a lot of energy to your course and and certainly limit the uh the size of the course yeah i had a i think i have a great use case because it was uh course for you know a telecommunications company here in Slovenia and it was about uh, like privacy because these companies have a lot of our personal information and the all the employees had to know exactly how to how to work with that information and you know what's strictly private what they can share with I don't know a friend or stuff like that so so the course was very um, you know, legally 
heavy so the text was you know just some legal text and i mean it wasn't like reading uh laws or something but still it was quite boring you know in in simple terms mm-hmm. so that that's when i discovered uh, video scribe and uh i think we had like seven let's say chapters so instead of doing slides and explaining with bullet points for each chapter i created you know one to two minute video scribe and explained it there put voiceover and it was a big difference and i heard the feedback that you know the users are very happy with this also the 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 subject matter expert was also happy with that result so it's not just you know making the course more compact but i think whiteboard animations are quite I think nice and run smoothly if if done correctly, and that's that's also you know the other parameter I, al- I always try to keep in mind that you know this will just lessen the friction of student and and between the student and the course because you know this topic was not something really fun you know but working it through a video through animation and the whiteboard animation. You know that's totally different, you know, and everyone went through happily and you know did the quiz and finished successfully. So that was a success story, yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean a- animations are nice because they they're they're usually kind of for the most part constantly moving, so there's an energy to it. There's um you're constantly relating graphics to whatever the message is. Uh you know, there's there's just a lot of uh mm-hmm. points there. Um I think uh what do we use? We use like After Effects probably most of all mm-hmm. uh to to build stuff and that really gives us a lot of flexibility, but certainly it's it can be a little bit more difficult to do. But uh you know, we do a lot of motion graphics and things. Uh mm-hmm. but there's a lot of uh templates and and sample stuff out there for uh for After Effects. Uh but sometimes we'll do it in like something like Storyline and that's that can work very well. You know, you can slide stuff in, slide stuff out. You know, you're yep. basically animating within there using the timeline. Uh, it can be a little bit difficult because y- y- the way storyline works is you can kind of see everything in the timeline at once unless you play, hit the little play button or preview it. I kind of wish there was a button, an option to not have that. Is it onion skinning where you see everything at once? Um to, to really, you know, wherever your uh, your timeline, what do you call that? Your where wherever you are, where you are in the, the timeline. timeline. Yeah, I'd I'd love it if there was a checkbox so you could see just yeah, what know. you're over, um, because it'd be easier to animate in there. But um, oh, but yeah, yeah you can yeah. certainly if you don't have any of these tools we've been mentioning, if you have Storyline, uh, you can build stuff right in there. You just have to load in the images, time things right with the audio. And, you know, be creative about it. Yeah. So basically using video just in a broader sense, not just whiteboard animations, that totally can help, you know, with the course. And also I'm just thinking about, you know, a bad way and a long way for a course would be, let's say, if you have a a program you want to explain functionality of, um, and having you know just screenshots and text for many slides that's that's just horrible approach a much better approach would be just you know record the screen record mouse clicking explain why you do it and put the video in the course 
I mean, that's that's the most hands-on thing you can do, I think. Yep, I agree. All right, let's jump to number seven. Number seven, dive right into the situation. So a lot of times we will have a bunch of uh, slides to help explain something, and then we'll have a knowledge check to make sure, you know, or a simulation or whatever it might be to help someone to kind of verify or double check or assess someone's understanding. Well, instead of having all those slides ahead of ahead of the knowledge check or simulation, sometimes it's wonderful to just throw them right into that knowledge check or simulation and let them kind of learn through making the decisions that they'd make in that situation. That way, there's going to be situations where they just know what to do already. You know, they, they already know. Um, you're not reiterating something they already know. But the things where they get hung up or they don't know what to do, then you can call those things out. And uh, yeah. Th- yeah. that way they can very quickly, rapidly kind of work through uh, whatever the situation is and get just the information that they need to know. It's sort of like, let's just keep theory, jump straight into you know virtual practice and tackle the problems. And like you said, when it comes to a, uh, you know, some sort of particular situation, you can then explain that theory behind, you know, the decisions and the correct behavior. But uh, I think, ex- I think, I think this is the best approach you can do in, in situations like that. It's uh, much better than having the theory first, you know, the boring stuff, and then finally get to the practice. So, so jumping in, personally, I, I would very much prefer this approach. It's a great way to build experience, you know, instead of like, because you're not going to necessarily build experience through all those other slides up until you get there. It's like, here's information. Now let's build experience through this knowledge check. Well, let's just jump right to that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 I certainly like that idea. Yep, same. Same. <laughs> Is there an echo in here? Okay, um, number eight. Create a course only using quiz questions or interactions for practice. So this is similar to uh, my uh, number five, when you choose only the most important content. But in this case, imagine just you know having a textbook, and then after you learn through the textbook, you can jump to e-learning, and you just have you know quiz questions or practical interactions just to, to practice what you learned from the textbook, just repeating what you learned to have a bit more practice, just to, uh, I, I keep wanting to say repeat, you know, ju- just to try to, uh, no, not retain, what's the what's the word? You know, just to try to remember things you learned through quizzes or just to go through quiz questions until everything is correct. So that's also, you know, one way to, to approach a course. It's not exactly course, but it's sort of supporting the content that lives somewhere else, but still can be valuable. Yeah, yeah. Because again, you're either going to get the questions right or you're going to get feedback on where you're not right. Yeah, correct. So again, yeah. it's very it's very focused. I guess we're off to number nine. Number nine, set the seat time. So this is a, I don't know if this one's an easier said than done one, but if you if you just make a decision, I want this course to be five minutes long, then do whatever you can to make it five minutes long. Uh, it's what's cool about this one is 
you're basically setting yourself up with a uh, with a requirement and yeah, constraint. that's the yeah constraint and that's the world you live in now you have to make it fit that mm-hmm. and you'll what usually happens when you do something like that is you certainly start to remove information out, but oftentimes yep. you get creative in approaches to getting what you need to in that time. And yep. so that's, that's kind of a neat way to, uh, to come up with something uh, maybe unique uh, that's also a shorter course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think once you put constraints uh, you know, in place, I, I think automatically some priorities just jump at certain parts and it it's easily easy to remove some things that you maybe didn't know you don't need that's true and and if you give yourself that constraint you really really will say you'll really make a decision on what's important and what's not important yeah exactly and number 10 number 10 make extra information available or or reference or explorable um in fact, the, the idea that I had mentioned with the contracts, uh, having a, a much shorter contract that um, where someone could go through and find those red flags, like I was talking about earlier, uh, what you could also do is if you feel a lot of the additional part of the contract is important, you could certainly make that available as, a, as like an extra where they can download that and go through that on their own time if they want to. Um, but there's often a number of bits and pieces of, of information or case studies or different examples that you can make available but not part of the required course. Mm-hmm. Similar to, to what you said, uh, I was thinking that another approach is, you know, just to have a course with, let's say, the most important steps. Like, let's say it's 10 slides. But then on slide number three, if you know, if students are on different levels, you could offer more information for the ones that are like newbies, maybe. So you could branch that third slide, you know, into five more slides and then come back to uh, to the next slide in the, in the course. So you could make these branches to explain stuff in more detail for students that don't have that knowledge. So yeah in the in 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 that way it's 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 good for everyone because it's it's horrible if you're someone that knows all that stuff and has to go through it anyway so the ones that know can just skip it the ones that don't uh, can explore in more detail yeah you know it's a lot like a you know like a deep dive it's uh yeah. it's not like a required deep dive if you're going through it and you want some more information you might uh want to jump in there and find out some more uh, more about the subject. It's kind of nice too, because if you if you tend to have a shorter course and people know it's a shorter course and they feel that it's a shorter course and they're getting through the information mm-hmm. and they're enjoying the information, they're also more likely to, you know, deep dive and and follow these different branches and find yep. more information. So uh, sometimes it can just having a shorter course can work in your benefit. And secretly, they're they're you know. Secretly, it's a longer course because they're deciding that they want to find out more information on it. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get them. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get them. It's, the course is four times longer than it originally would be. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, I think it's time to wrap up episode 15. Thank you, Dave. Please tell us, where can people find you? People can find me at lumengroup.com uh, for custom e-learning or a lot of the 
uh, templates and videos that I make uh, at uh, elearninglocker.com. And uh, I'm on Twitter quite often uh, when I'm not traveling, exploring the world, at uh, Dave underscore Charney, C-H-A-R-N-E-Y. And how about you, Nates? Where can people find you? You can also find me on the, on, on the Twitter thingy, under N-E-J-C-D, or also on elearningbrewery.com. If you want to contact us, you can do that through the form on the website. Please consider subscribing if you're just listening through, <laughs> through the website. Uh, have a good one until the next time, and uh, take care. Yep, thanks everyone, and happy learning. When you said you, there was a lot, there were a lot of triggers this week, I wanted to say uh, um, that. Do you want to say that you were trigger happy? <laughs> <laughs> Always.